Hello and welcome to Going Deeper, where we go a little bit deeper in our most recent uh, sermon series. Thank you so much uh, for coming along. We have got great guests this evening. We've got Becky and we've got Phil who are going to be joining us in just a moment. They're just in the waiting room, so I'll call them in uh, in a moment. Um, do say hi if you are watching uh, on um, on YouTube. Do say hi in the, in the chats. And if at any point in the uh, in this evening's chat you want to ask a question, then just pop it in there in the comments below, and uh, we will hopefully be able to bring it up on screen and bring it to uh, into our discussion. Um, yeah, so let's bring in Becky and Phil. Hello, Becky. Hello, Phil. Good evening. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, all right. All right, good. I was having technical issues. Trouble oh, with no. using Apple instead of Microsoft, I think. Yes. But we got there. You got there. You are here, and we can see you, and we can hear you, and that is the main thing. So welcome. Thank you. For coming, Becky. Hello. Hello. Very nice to see you. Yes, it's a very, very sad occasion because this is your last time with us as an employee of Holy Baptist Church because you will be on Tuesday. It is. It is. I'm emotional. Oh, do you want to <laughs> say quickly where you are off to and what you'll be doing? Yes, so I am off to Andover. I'm joining the team with Andover Baptist Church and I will be uh, taking up a role called Next Steps Ministry Leader which is about helping people within the church community to take ownership of their spiritual growth mm. and to uh, yeah grow in their relationship with Jesus and hopefully introduce some new people into that journey as well. Ah sounds yeah. excellent it's a great church so uh, and a great team so I hope you have a very blessed time there and uh, so but we will miss you. But, Thank you. I will miss you guys hugely, but I'm glad we can stay connected. Yes, yes, which is a lot easier these days with digital stuff. And you have said you might even come back and preach. I might, if you let me. If I... See how tonight goes. <laughs> we definitely <laughs> you. So, uh, <laughs> Phil, is you is that your study? It looks. What's that map you've got on the wall behind you? Uh, ooh, I don't know whether to admit it. That's Middle Earth, I think, on the back wall. <laughs> It's not hawley, it's middle. It's, and it's not a biblical <laughs> lands. It's it's what from, it's not the biblical lands, it's from <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Okay, that's fine. Well, I'm, it is. I'm a bit of a geek. If you just look in the background, there may be a Jon Snow in the cabinet as well. Don't don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, well once again, um Eric, thank you guys uh, for coming. Thank you guys for watching as well. Do put um, comments, do put questions. And we are going to be talking about uh, this evening, address the mess. Life is messy, so let's talk about it. And I thought it would be a good idea just to remind ourselves what we were looking at this last month, because I did sermon number one. Becky, you did sermon number three. Um, Phil, you did sermon number... No, Becky didn't. Yeah, Becky did sermon <laughs> number two. Phil did sermon number three. And then this morning we had Deborah doing sermon number four. So... Uh, go around and just say what we would what we spoke about really so mine was the first one introduction to the series it was called mess in the mirror and basically it was the idea that all of us are mess all of us have been in the mess are in a mess or about to be uh, in a mess and therefore we are in a really any position to judge someone for their messes and i loved so with, with this series is based on um a series from north point and when i watched andy's a talk which I have to admit mine was quite heavily based upon. Um, he, he makes this connection between 
when you are aware of your messes, you're aware of an unmess that you're comparing it to. And that unmess is God. And so actually, when you're in a mess, you're just one step away from recognizing there is a God out there uh, who sets uh, an example. So, yeah, that's my one. Becky, what was your one? Yeah, so the big idea for week two <clears throat> was about the fact that it was for our mess that God moved in our direction, that actually our mess isn't something we need to hide from God or hide from um yeah, or hide if we want to come along to church or be part of church community. But actually, it was the very reason that uh, motivated Jesus's mission on earth. And Jesus pursued messy people and he invited messy people to come and follow him. In fact, he seemed to deliberately pick the messiest people to come and follow him. Yeah, he, that does seem to be a pretty common theme in the uh, the Bible. It tends to use up pretty mess pe messed up people uh, and, and God uses them to do it amazing things mm -hmm. so yeah thanks becky phil what was your sermon on yeah so we were talking about um the fact that we are messy but that god doesn't want to leave us that way if he's a good parent <clears throat> parents mm. love their kids whatever they do but they always have aspirations for them to change and to grow and to mature so um it was a sermon about growth i suppose about change and how god changes us and and moves us from where we are to where he wants us to be um, mm. or where we need to be. So it was about that. So the, the catchphrase, again, nicked from Mr. Stanley, was uh, God loves us just as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. And it's about change, really, and how that happens. And what does it mean to to what sort of change is he trying to create in us? And we were talking about love, that we grow in love. Yeah. Mm. And that's the transformation he's looking for. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, Daniel just put in the uh, comments says us being in a mess isn't always our fault, though. And actually, that mm. very much brings us to our final part in our series um, where we looked at the story of David. who was running away from King Saul, who wanted to murder him. And he had an opportunity to sort everything out. The mess that was being made he was on the run. Everything was falling apart. And he wanted to, uh, it was that temptation to make the mess better, uh, to clear it up. But actually by doing, by killing Saul, he would have made it even messier. So it's mm. all about how do we stop making our, our lives a mess? How do we draw boundaries that stop things from getting worse and worse? So yeah, sometimes the mess isn't our fault, but it is our responsibility not to make the mess worse. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah. I think I mentioned that, the, the reality is, if you become a Christian, weirdly, you invite a certain degree of mess into your life, don't you? Because I think Jesus' life was, well, it didn't, it wasn't easy. I mean, I suppose if we're talking about messiness and easiness or challenges and difficulties, but um, following Jesus creates some mess, doesn't it? In a weird, mm. a good mess. There is good mess, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus um, could have just lived his life as a carpenter. Inventing the table and chairs, which he did in uh, Mel Gibson's version of, uh, <laughs> of the story. Um, and it, his life could have been pretty mess-free, but that wasn't what his calling was on his life, was he? I thought yeah, that was yeah. Ikea who invented the table and chairs. <laughs> was it not? Uh, possibly, oh, okay. possibly. <laughs> other brands are available. Um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, we're not advertising. Yes, Phil, sponsored <laughs> by Ikea. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We had to get the name in. We've done it now. We're fine. We're okay. We're covered. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but well, I, then, I think there is sorry. a messiness about being a Christian, is it? I, in the hospital, I weirdly, the Christians have tons of questions. Why is this happening to me? What's going on? But if you don't have a faith and you don't believe in a good, loving, heavenly father, you don't have that mess to deal with because it's just, well, mm. that's life, isn't it? Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's interesting. I was doing some reading up on on Buddhism because that's what ministers do, and um, and they've very much got that idea that bad stuff's going to happen. So just yeah. just if you want to be happy, just don't think you're going to be happy. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> things are going to happen. Whereas I think it's, as Christians, we can have expectation yeah. um, that sometimes our faith is going to sort everything out and everything's mm. going to be fine and dandy. So when things do go wrong, I was like, well, have I done something wrong? Yeah. Has someone done something wrong to me? We're always looking for maybe a reason mm. um, behind the mess that we've found ourselves in, if we're not blaming yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Mm. It's yeah. interesting how I'm sure we've all had a, some kind of conversation with somebody who doesn't um, perhaps share the same faith that we do, um, where you, they kind of land at this idea that like, we've all heard the phrase like oh faith is like a crutch or mm. like oh well if that helps you you know if it gives you a little bit of like peace and some meaning at the end of the day and actually like actually this the kind of picture that we've been painting in this series and particularly in your week Phil as you say about kind of like actually it's going to invite mess it's going to create difficulties and like faith isn't always a help faith is often a very very difficult decision to make in the face of like quite complicated circumstances it's harder to push through with a belief in a good god who walks with you um mm. and it's harder to embrace a life where you've got to go like you've got to walk alongside the messy people like you haven't got the option of like okay that's too complicated i'm walking away now that's that's going to take up too much of my time like mm. that's that's what jesus is inviting us into and um mm. i think i've been challenged in this series that i want people to see um my faith as something not that's just like oh a nice hopeful addition to my life but something that is actually moving my life into something that's like a lot richer but a lot messier and that I'm like I'm walking in that direction and be interested in that and I think often we we want to present a very tidy neat version of Christianity mm. but yeah. um yeah. you look at the early church not tidy and neat. <laughs> I, I, I wonder how much of that is, and I'm not speaking. I'm speaking for a, a particular group of Christians, which unfortunately make up the majority of Christians in our country, which is the the middle class Christians. Mm. And part of being middle class, I think, is often being sorted, being neat and tidy. You know, washing our BMWs on our front lawns, neat, which are nicely cut. And when we tend into church. We become the the people who are doing well. We're the ones that offer the help. We're the ones that all those messed up people come to, and we can offer our charity. We can offer our help. We can offer ed, their advice. We can sort out their finances. We can sort out their legal problems. We can sort out their relationships. When actually, what we're doing is trying to hide our own messes and not recognise mm. that we're just as messed up as as anyone else. Until, some, until we can't contain it anymore and suddenly we find out that such and such across the road was having an affair yeah. or uh, or whatever, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's good, isn't it? I think that's one of the good things about the series is it recognises that 
I think there's a weird there's a weird idea out there, particularly outside the church, that Christians are you know they're better somehow, they're better mm-hmm. people. Um, the reality is, for most of us, we're forgiven, but we're <laughs> we're still a bit of a mess, some of us. Yeah. And um, and God is still work, at work on us. You know, there's there's lots to do, and um, I think that's a good place to be because I think that's a place of honesty. And unless you need, you know, there's some work to be done, you don't do the work. So, so I think it's a good, I think it's a good place to be. But there is a weird idea, isn't it, that Christians, and we and we set it up that way, don't we? You know, come to Jesus and he'll fix your life. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, it's not quite that simple. He no, does start no. fixing things, but um, sometimes we want to lock the door and keep him out and say, don't go in there. You know, and <laughs> it's a bit messy sometimes. And and he tends to move things around, doesn't he? And yeah, yeah, and yeah, to the mess up is really annoying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, God, <laughs> Jesus messes things up that we've tried to get in order and we're comfortable yeah. with, and he messes it all up. I, I sincerely believe that Christ makes our life better, yeah, but that's not the same thing. And often we we think better means not messy ordered everything's great everything goes well and that's never what jesus promised no no No. it's it's not easier he doesn't make it easier but you walk through life with a with a partner who's on this project of transformation with you and you don't do it alone and you have some resources that you never had before and um there's yeah there's all sorts of but it's it's not easier ask jesus if his life was easy (laughs) <laughs> definitely not no definitely not so oh go on becky what you got to say i was just going to say that i really like that word project and i think you used it in your message and to me it's like really helpful simple language for like the journey that begins when you say yes to jesus um mm. yeah Pro- project is a good, yeah that's what i was gonna say i just like that language i think so and sometimes once you have a, like a, a a word for something, it just helps it to like oh okay like it makes more sense to you and it's helpful to share with others. I think that sort of language. So I appreciate that, Phil. Thanks for using that All week. Right. Well, I like I like it because you mentioned the week before I got there. Um, you mentioned the idea that this is a life. This isn't a quick fix. This isn't a. Yeah a trip down to Waterstones and you know read five hundred pages from the self help department and you'll be fine. Mm. um it doesn't work like that jesus says and in my well in my life i realized that that how do people change because that was my topic that idea of transformation from the inside out um it's really hard to change i've discovered that i've been doing some counseling for a few years and change is a big issue in the counseling world because how do people change and um Mm. It's a really big one, but it is a lifelong process. And it's not like you were saying in your week. It's 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 something that takes a long time and it's a lifelong project. It doesn't stop. Yeah. And one day we'll be in face to face and he'll finish the job. But um between now and then it's a partnership between us and him, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Phil, Phil, on that, with your, your expertise around counselling and some of the stuff you've done, I've heard it said that research has shown that actually people don't really change once they get past their teens and stuff. They don't really change. Have you heard that said? And how does that fit with this whole whole sort of Christian walk and stuff? Yeah, I don't know. I think 
I think Christianity shows us how people change. And I think Jesus does it brilliantly because if you think about your own conversion, mm. that's an old word, isn't it? That's what you do to your to your house, isn't it? But um, but you know, when you came to faith, when you when Jesus said, "Follow me," and you said, mm. "All right, then," not really knowing what that meant. I've got to be honest, none of us do when we say yes. <laughs> Neither did the disciples. They they had a right roller coaster coming down the road at them, but they they went for it and so did I. But when when you start that process, um I think the reason we start the process is one of the reasons why he helps us to change is because we mm. we fall in love with someone who we know is for us. Um unconditionally for us. And that unconditional love what carl rogers in the in the person-centered theory says is unconditional positive regard that's what he calls it sorry when, the, the person-centered theory that sounds very highbrow well it's very counselly. that is very counselly. okay yeah there's different schools of counseling and a lot of them are person-centered counselors this mm -hmm. it's a whole this whole school of counseling yeah but this guy called carl rogers who incidentally whose parents were christians and he he ducked why well, I, I don't think he did but i think he he thought he ducked christianity but his whole <laughs> theory is based around grace really grace mm. and truth because he says if you create an atmosphere of grace, unconditional positive regard, he calls it, UPR, unconditional positive regard, we call it grace. Yeah. It's the same thing. Um, and you also create an environment of truth where people can speak truth into your life. Then that's when people grow and change because you create that atmosphere where they can be themselves, but they can also be honest about where they're at. And if you can create a safe space, that's when people grow. And that's what Jesus does with us when he calls us, isn't it? He says, I love you. I don't care what you've done or where you've been or even what you will do. I love you. Full stop. And I'll never stop doing that. But let's have a conversation about some stuff that we need to sort out. Yeah. And stuff that's hurting you and hurting your friends and hurting your relationships. And he says, let's, let's talk about that as well. So that's part mm. of the deal as well. So truth and grace. It mm. says, doesn't it? He came full of truth and grace. And he somehow manages to blend those two in a way that helps people change, I think. Mm. And that's and they say in counseling that's exactly the same principle that this the therapeutic relationship between a counselor and a client is the most effective tool for change. It's not the theories you use or the techniques or the kits you buy on the internet. It's none of that stuff. It's the relationship between you and the client that enables change to happen. And it's yeah. what Jesus has done with us. Jesus got there first. And then a bunch of counsellors wrote a load of books and wrote it down. So Jesus did it first, I think. Yeah. And that, that I love that. And that's one, one that just shows us how Jesus works with us. But also it's such a challenge to what sort of environments are we creating within our our churches and by church I, I don't mean buildings I mean the people who gather together and join together at, at worshiping God and that could be a home groups it could be Sunday mornings it's a real challenge isn't it um Becky what what's your experience of churches doing that well and do you have experiences of churches doing that badly where we because we talk about grace and truth and we yeah. probably struggle to get those two together don't we yeah definitely um before I do that, I'd, it'd be really interesting to hear in the chat mm. how people have experienced, like, how have you 
where have what has been something that's helped you go through a process of change yeah and what are you hoping is going to start changing in your life maybe off the back of some of the stuff we've talked about in this series yeah. but um I yeah I think the being honest the church has a reputation we need to be honest with ourselves about the <laughs> reputation of the church at large mm. and it's a shame because it's actually it's a reputation that often doesn't carry through when you actually go down to like how people actually interact with maybe their local church or people that they know but the church by and large has a reputation for truth at the expense of grace mm. um and maybe not and it's and the but the actual problem with that is it's truth for us but it's not something that's perceived as truth to the out to to a world that doesn't mm. acknowledge god as as deborah was talking about today as god as king yeah so when we introduce truth from god to somebody who doesn't acknowledge god as king that's always going to come as a um an unwelcome <laughs> kind of judgment call on somebody else mm. um that's uninvited um i think that um there's also um i've definitely experienced church environments where we think we're doing grace well but what we really mean is that we're not getting involved so mm. we're sort of just like keeping people at a little bit of a different distance being kind being nice mm. um being welcoming and friendly but also not wanting to really wade into the mess because the truth part of that is really hard and hard to navigate but also because great grace is a messy activity mm. um grace to that well now what was that phrase you've just used upr what is it yeah um it's called unconditional positive regard is yeah. the unconditional Ooh. positive regard because somebody who's not unconditionally positive for example is <laughs> that's a messy journey to walk through to mm. unconditionally to regard someone positively unconditionally um yeah i struggle with that to walk through yeah. a many different conditions with them because if you're not walking through their diff the different conditions of their life and the different conditions you find them in, you're mm. not, that's not grace. You're, that's just kind of turning a blind eye to what's actually going on in the lives of others. So I think there's a challenge there in terms of, mm. yeah, wading yeah, in. It is, isn't it? And I think it requires a degree of intimacy. And that's what's challenging. And that intimacy takes vulnerability and takes time and takes mm. living, you know, with other people and being part of their lives and then being part of you and them seeing you for who you are and you seeing them for who they are. And being able to speak truth into someone's life requires all that. Otherwise, it goes horribly wrong. Mm. Um, you know, try telling someone a few home truths if you haven't got a really good relationship with them that's going to go down well. Even um, if you have got a really good relationship with them, it's still not going to go down very well. And that's why we don't do it. Yeah, yeah. it's hard enough doing it then, isn't it? Um, yeah. Being honest with each other. Um, so, it, you know, relationship is the key to all of this happening. and But it does require that intimacy. It's much harder than just sort of, you know, spouting stuff off, isn't it? Mm. Or, or telling everybody what to do um, from a distance. This is why I became a church minister. 
<laughs> I know. I always feel like that when I'm preaching. I'm thinking like I'm stood up here telling all you people to, you know, and and do we know each other? You know, where's the level of trust for that to happen? Mm. It, it's um, it's a bit of a challenge sometimes, isn't it? Which is why fellowship and becoming a fellowship and really, you know, living life together is is part of the process. I think of yeah. change for us. And and I wonder sometimes what our motive it's our motive as well why are we telling people the truth um and sometimes it's because we don't like their mess and we'd rather not have a mess around so if we sort your mess out one i feel better until you won't mess up everything around me um so that can often that can be our motive which is incredibly unkind and it's not for them at all it's for us yeah. um and i think if people can feel like we're for them and we want them to to improve and to get better and to grow and to get themselves out of a maybe a hole that they've got themselves in i think maybe they can receive it a little bit yeah. better and particularly if we're not coming judgmentally but oh that's easier said than done isn't it yeah. well it's that first that that goes back to that first thing we talked about in this series is that um being messy is something we all share in common yeah and we need to be able to remember that and reach back into times where our lives have been messy when we want to go and engage with somebody else whose life is messy. Mm. Um, I've just been reading a really interesting book called The Open Church by Jürgen Moltmann. Oh, Jürgen um, Moltmann. Oh, my yeah. goodness me. Oh, that's a heavy one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so he's absolutely fascinating because he... Um, was working out what it means to be a follower of Jesus off the back of World War II. And he had experience, of, he was a prisoner of war. So he'd experienced all sorts of mess, none of which was of his own making. But of course, he's also a human being. He'd also walked through messy situations of his own making. But the biggest thing that struck me from that book was he was talking about um, as the church and as uh, followers of Jesus, we have a tendency to create an us and them between us the church and those who are who have been following Jesus for a long time and the world out there mm. and the people out there who we're trying to reach and we tend to interact with them in a sort of us and them dynamic and he was saying it's an important art that we all have to master to reach back into our own lives to when we were the people like when we were the ones who needed somebody to come along and share hope with us when we were the ones who needed somebody to come along um, and put an arm around us and help us um, and to kind of approach people from that place. So he said, like for him, the time in his life where he was most one of the people was when he was in a prisoner of war camp, because mm. there everybody's in the same mess. Everybody's in the same place. And he was he throughout his life would always try to reach back in his mind to that time and sort of speak and approach people from that place where where he's understanding and coming alongside the place that they're in because we've all you know all of us will have different experiences and different messes and some people mm. are dealt a much more difficult hand than others but all of us do have this level of common experience and particularly when it comes to creating messes for ourselves and getting things wrong mm. um and we've got to stay connected to that, even as we leave it behind, you know, even as you follow Jesus and say, I'm putting that stuff behind, we have to like stay connected to the fact that that was, that was us, that was our story. 
yeah. and it still is our story to a certain extent. Mm. Yeah. And that's Jesus, you know, that's even though Jesus didn't come and he didn't, he wasn't a sinful person like we are. He came and identified himself with us. And that practice of like identifying ourselves with somebody before we try and like lead them anywhere. Is, yeah. that's, that's something that Jesus modeled and yeah. something I and think that, that, that's certainly something that's a good mental exercise for us isn't it mm. is to, when we see someone who's in a mess mm. actually before launching ourselves in to spend that time identifying with that person and trying mm. to put ourselves in their shoes try to understand maybe some of the reasons behind it before mm. making those judgments and going into to sort uh, everything out uh, Michelle yeah. um, said, I, I think people can change past teenage years. Two years ago, despite having faithy life, uh, having faith, life was a mess. But a Facebook post from a friend brought me to God. And now I know he's fighting with me uh, and others. So wow. Michelle's obviously a person that, that life was a mess, but she's found some hope in a mess. I don't know whether, Michelle, life has got less messy or just you've just found hope and an anchor and a foundation within that mess. Um, but no, that's great. Thank you, Michelle. Mm. Also, I really want to know what the Facebook post was. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. So you guys can make a difference to someone's life just through sharing a Facebook uh, post or sharing something that is of truth and grace on Facebook. Um, it can it could change someone's life. So yeah, well done. Yeah. No, and I think yeah, that's the danger, isn't it? That we talk about change and how hard it is, and it is hard. It's not easy. I know in my life change has been, but I think you get you get a sort of slight turbocharge when you come to Jesus because you just start to see the world differently and your priorities change and all that quite mm. shifts quite quickly sometimes. Mm. And that that's the foundation on which you build some of that change as well. A different mm. way of seeing life and what matters and. Mm. And, mm. and how you're viewed as well because i think that's mm. a way to change i think mm. Mm. i think knowing that we are loved is a starting point for change really yeah mm. um, I, remember, I remember hearing that if you want to lose weight the best way best approach to lose weight is to be okay with who you are yeah if you're okay with who you are you don't feel able to lose the weight which seems a bit odd. Often we think, mm. well, if I just make this person feel really bad about being fat, then they'll they'll go and feel really guilty and lose weight. But actually, that doesn't work. We need to be in a secure position where we uncon un have unconditional positive regard. I love that phrase. Thank you, Phil. Mm. Uh, and then you feel able to sort things out. You feel in the right place. Yeah. Rather yeah. Get on and top that, of life. And that's so. a lot of people's testimony is actually when they when they start to see themselves as god sees them which is not perfect mm. and it's uh, like you said all through the series none of us are perfect no. and anybody who thinks they are you know needs therapy straight away so i'll i'll leave a card at the door <laughs> but, but the reality is the moment you you see yourself as god sees you it changes everything because i think that that's the starting point for growth and for change mm. and i think so weirdly it's really odd but loving yourself as you are, as God does, is a start for, and now let's not mm. leave ourselves that way. Yeah, mm. and you, you picked that up way. in your sermon, didn't you, on that, you know, love God, love others, and yeah. yourself. And you yeah. made that point of picking on that yourself. That's really important because yeah. you, you can't really 
it's it's staggering how many people are their worst critic and are really quite harsh about themselves mm. if not in public but certainly behind the scenes you know and if you don't like yourself you know it, it's very hard to move from that position mm. but yeah. to believe something positive about yourself and to know that you are loved and you are valuable and 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 god values you then he's proved it hasn't he yeah yeah um, in remarkable ways. Yeah, Jenny says one thing that can be a struggle is the guilt and shame from past mess or current mess, which then can keep you down uh, and keep you messy. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah. But if mm. you've got someone who's trying to say, no, actually, you are a good person, there are good things about you, uh, there is ways we can sort this out, then that can help us to feel a lot better and able to mm. face the change that's required, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because shame is shame is toxic, isn't it? It doesn't. Mm. There's a difference between guilt and shame. You know, guilt says I've done something wrong. Shame says I am wrong, mm. and that's just toxic. Mm. And that's where we get stuck. And if you believe that, you know, you, it's a contradiction of what God says about us. Yeah, mm. God says you you may have done some stuff that's wrong, but you are not wrong. You are you are dearly loved and highly you know highly valued and um, mm. and, you, and you matter mm. and, um, that challenges the shame that gets us stuck yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i think one of the biggest lies we can end up believing particularly when we have created some mess is that the past will always be like sorry the future will always be like the past that the future or the future will always be like the present that I'm always, and that's that shame component, like you say, mm. Philip, that belief, I'm always going to do this. I'm always going to create this mess. I'm never going to be able to do anything different. Mm. And that's in direct contradiction to the promises of that in the New Testament, that when you say yes to having Jesus be your leader, be your the person who you're going to walk through life with, and when he comes and walks alongside you, it means that the past, the future does not have to be like the past, that you're, that you're something new and yeah. that there are, yeah, you, you, you may not even be able to imagine the future with God because it's going to be so different from the past that you made when you were just you. And um, I think that's something all of us, and that's why community is so important that we have other people to combat that lie that, because we did it, we're going to do it again. Mm. Um, and that doesn't have to be the case. Um, and of course, there are there are lots of practical things that we'll need to do to move through that. And there are going to be times where we think we've had a setback. But that does even then, if that happens, that doesn't mean we've gone back to being who we used to be. Um, and yes, yeah. I, thanks, Becky. Um, just a question which I don't think we've really picked up on in this series. Um, we've talked about, and, and tonight we've been talking about creating unconditional positive you know, regard, that sort of environment, these places, these relationships where people feel affirmed and therefore able to uh, get themselves out of the mess. We talked about the example of Jesus and God's and what that unmess looks like. But where does the Holy Spirit come in to all this? Because we're not just reading the Bible as a self-help book. We're not just using Jesus as an example. We're not just being nice to one another. Where does the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Holy Spirit come in to all mm. this? 
Well, it's the good news that Jesus said, I am going to away, I'm going away and I'm going to send you a helper. Mm. And that's kind of the first language that we get for the idea of God's presence coming to be with us, coming to live with us and within us and change us from the inside out is that I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to help you. Mm. I'm going to leave you by yourself. And, um, the, that there's something about our human nature which is inclined towards mess and inclined towards messiness and that's because we're inclined towards ourselves mm-hmm. and it's this is kind of coming back to that beginning bit about kind of the way that we create mess and the fact that mess exists actually kind of it does teach us something about the nature of existence it teaches us something about the existence of god because it's an interesting thing to see that as we focus on ourselves we create mess because you would Mm. think that like you know in a purely like materialistic view of the universe that wouldn't be the case that it would actually work differently to that but sorry right sidetrack so god gives us his presence with us to help us move in the direction as we submit more and more to him to move in the direction of wanting what he wants and wanting what he wants for others rather than living a self-centered life um and the more that we submit over to him the more he is shaping us from the inside out that we're not straining to change and straining to be different but you know like romans 12 is one of my favorite passages which talks about god working in us to um to teach us that his uh, talk about his good pleasing and perfect will and that he we're being renewed from the inside that we might live out God's good, pleasing and perfect will. And the reason I love that is because the first time someone hears about what God wants in their life, they often go, that's not good, pleasing or perfect to me. But there's something that happens as we give more of our lives over to God, that the things he wants for us become the things we actually desire from Mm. the inside out. We're not faking it. We're actually being changed from from the inside out. And there's a level of mystery to that. And uh, I think that's pretty cool as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah no i think so and i think you're right i think that 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 helper image is really useful isn't it because i think that's we all struggle a lot of people struggle with that with help asking for help do you struggle with asking for help yeah mm. yeah i'm terrible mm. i'm useless and it's it's all about how you were parented and stuff like that but you you grew up and you either rely on everybody else to sort everything out all the time and never take any initiative or and there's shade to this or you're the the other end of the spectrum where it's here's a problem i've got to fix it because nobody's coming to my rescue i've got to go and sort it out and Mm. it stems back to how you were parented but but the reality is i'm i'm on the i've got to sort this out end Mm. of the spectrum and i'm not used to asking for help and i hate asking for help it's not doesn't come naturally Mm. Um, but Jesus says, I'm going to send you a helper. So you better use him. You better actually yeah. <laughs> rely on him. And that for some of us with certain, you know, the way we've developed some of us, that's really hard to ask for help. Mm. But I think that's what it is. And it's this idea of a partnership. It's not all God. God doesn't say, you just sit there and I'll go, there you go. You're completely transformed. How's that? Mm. He doesn't do that. I wish he would. That'd be a lot easier. Yeah, but at the same time, um, he asks us to take some initiative, 
but mm. not to do it all on our own because he knows that we can't and we need mm. yeah we need some sort of spiritual power in our lives to change us and to do something a little bit supernatural to be honest because yeah. change is hard and it does take that so it is this partnership between god and me i do so what was it once somebody once said pray like it all depends on god and act like it all depends on you and i think that's a good balance of the two things where you, where you say god do everything you can and at the same time you're doing everything you can and somewhere between the two there's a great power in that you're not doing it on your own yeah yeah, yeah. thank you i think we'll draw our conversation to a close on that because I, I, I love that that god just wants to help us and and we need to be willing to ask for help from God and for others. And God more than willing. And as followers of Jesus, are we willing to help others uh, as well? So thank you. Thank you, Becky. Thank you, Phil. Uh, thank you, Deborah, as well um, for this series. Uh, it's been it's been a really good one. So, guys, if you've missed any of the parts, do catch up on our YouTube channel. It's really worth uh, a watch and a listen. It's, it's been a really good uh, series um becky so we're going to say bye to you um but we will see you again you're not indeed yes so thank you so much for all that you have done and uh thank you for sorting out this series as well because you put this together uh based on the north point one and and actually you in our march series you've put that one together as well even though you're not going to be here yeah <laughs> yes. yes so uh, there will be a series in march which becky's put together so we look forward yeah. uh, to that one and yeah phil thank you so much uh for all you're done and uh yeah so guys thank you for watching um do say hi in the comments uh if you haven't yeah. done so already and do share this like it share it stick it on social media encourage your friends uh, and acquaintances to to watch it and maybe catch up on the yeah. series as well so and just... let's live it out right sorry and let's live it out you know let's live it out yeah let's this, this it. whole thing is about living it out and we, we've got help uh and uh, let's try and make a difference where we are so thank you guys and enjoy the the yeah enjoy your enjoy your rest of your evening cheers bye thanks so much, Martin. Cheers, thanks, guys. bye see you later bye.